the guy that was supposed to direct this movie, and I don't know who it was, they booted his ass off because as they were meeting with him about it, he uh, called the, sh- he said something about a whale. And they're like, if you can't tell the difference between a shark and a whale, we don't <laughs> want you. Welcome to the What's Up Everybody podcast, we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Croner, I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt and Heiner. I say, I say, I say, better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons, tell a friend about us, uh, tell a marine biologist about us, or a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs fisherman, preferably a shark fisherman, but, you know, tell one of them about this, us as well as your family um exciting news we're back we have a new month starting uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute but uh we also continued to be sponsored by our friends at manscape so we appreciate that so just to kind of let you know we're getting into the sports area super bowl coming up it's time for the ultimate face-off the beard bowl is here so as the two best teams square off to see who the champion of facial fuzz is our friends at manscaped are prepping everything you need for game day Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the MVP of a fa- of facial grooming, offering precision trimming, water-resistant technology, and enough styling options to outplay any opponent. And guess what? You can join the winning team along with the 10 million other men who already trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code THEVERDICT for 20% off and free shipping, and you can craft your winning look with Manscaped. And since it's talking about the Beard Hedger for the Super Bowl, I did get one. Um and they do like for us to share our honest opinion. And I'll tell you, when I, when it's the length it is right now, it works great. Um, and I'm excited to see when my beard gets back full length and big and long and mountain manny, if it works real well with the flyaways. I think it will, like the little hang. I will say that if you're looking, if you keep a super long beard like I typically do, it's not great for getting rid of that. It's great for cleanup. It's great for anything about what I'm wearing right now and shorter. So if you're listening, go check it out on YouTube. You can see what I'm talking about. But if you're wondering, it sounds like JJ probably names each individual flyaway, his relationships with all of them. Yeah, I do. Because they annoy the shit out of me. (laughs) So I appreciate a good beard trimmer like the, the, you know, the hedge, uh, the beard hedger pro because uh, I hate flyaways. I hate when my beard gets too scraggly other than as long as it gets. So yeah, I love their products. I liked, you know, the lawnmower so much. I was like, I'm going to try the beard trimmer and it worked really well. Like I said, in, in certain areas. So I've keep, I'm keeping it. I like it. So go out and get it. And remember you can get 20% off and free shipping with our code, the verdict at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with our code, the verdict, all one word gear up for the real halftime show where your beard takes center stage. Um, hey. Yeah. So with that, let's jump in. It's February, guys, and thanks to Charles or the what is it now? The ginge is back. The return back, of the ginge. There it is. The return hey, of the ginge. Hey, okay. Yeah. So he's really taking care of you right now because he 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 kind of kicked your ass with Birdemic. So he's he's taking care of you now. Uh, but yeah, thanks to our patron, which we'll talk about some more patrons soon later on this episode. I'll let Charles I'll let uh, Alec do that. But yeah, thanks, Charles, for the votes. We're doing uh this month is go big or go home, JJ. Yeah, I mean, he called it go big or go home. I just picked movies that I was like, these are kind of out there, but and they go nuts. And this one works. We're starting the month off of February with Jaws, 
It was released June 20th, 1975. It was written by Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. Stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Lorraine Gary, Murray Hamilton, Carl Gottlieb, Jeffrey Kramer, and Susan Backlinney. It's about when a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community off Cape Cod. It's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into Jaws. I will say a couple things that I, I've never done. Look, I love Jaws. This is one of my favorite movies just because it's intense. And it frightened me as a child that I enough that I didn't want to go. I didn't go to the ocean until I was a teenager because I was like, nah, no. And that was because of Jaws. But um, I like didn't know that this movie was the first movie to be called a quote unquote blockbuster. Mm. Uh, JJ, are you stealing my my bit here? The trivia bits? No, not trivia. Because I, I am not asking. I like a I like JJ's trivia better. Continue, JJ. <laughs> he's, he's hacking my. <laughs> I know our numbers show that everyone loves this segment. So whatever, just go ahead and take it. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. JJ's trivia is more efficient, Matson. So I'm all about that efficiency. <laughs> no, I'm not doing trivia. I'm just giving a fact that I did not know, and I learned upon this watch of of uh, Jaws. Um, thanks to, and we are not sponsored by Amazon, but thanks to the Amazon cool facts that they give. Yeah, this was the first movie to ever be coined with the phrase blockbuster. Um, because it had like 60 million people watch it in like the first weekend it was out or mm-hmm. some shit like that. So it was it was nuts. Um, but yeah, Jaws, I really enjoy this movie. It's a good pick, my friend. Good pick. That was your pick. I know. <laughs> but I was talking to, sorry, Charles, my friend. It was a good pick. So I appreciate it. Because it goes, man. Yeah, Jaws for me is one of those, like I watched it the first time really as an adult, I think was the first time I ever really watched Jaws. Mm. Um, and so I didn't grow up with it. I didn't have that fear. I'd swam in the ocean for my entire life until I watched this movie. I haven't swum in the ocean since, but that's neither here or there. Um, I think this is that first real kind of thriller, that intense thriller that I've seen um, to where you don't see the monster. It doesn't give it away until they're ready for the big reveal. I think, JJ, you talk about this all the time, is if you show the monster, then it's over. Um, And they do a very, very good job, Steven Spielberg does, in here of keeping you guessing for most of the movie about what exactly is this shark? How big is it? What does it look like? Uh, And that's what really gets me about this. On that note, that wasn't actually intentional. There was a bunch of mechanical problems with said shark, um, so much so that Spielberg had to take out a bunch of the footage of what he wanted. But as I just talked about, I think it helped make the movie. Yeah. He used to call it the big white turd. <laughs> <laughs> the great white turd. Sorry. Not, instead of a great white shark, it was a great white turd. Because it Mad, so, Matt's is over there. Can't use that one now either. <laughs> <laughs> that one I knew from a long time ago, though, because that's it was, yeah, it was funny. And Alec, Jaws was your choice, by the way. I went back and rolled my old texts. This was your movie. There's no way I picked Jaws. Dude, I'm telling you, I can show you the text. It was you. I, I It I wasn't put, me. I was in semi-retirement. Yeah, you were in retirement. No, I put the Meg on the list. You put Jaws. No way. I would have put the Meg. 
No, dude, I'm telling you, I got dude, it right here. I am. Are you got to be kidding me? No, dude, I'm looking at the text. October 9th, your list: Jaws, Red Cliff, and The Raid. Those were your three over the top movies. I'm shocked. I thought I would have put the Meg. No, I put the Meg. I was inspired by your choice of shark movies, so I put no. the Meg because I thought. You want to go over the top? Okay, show. I'll go big. <laughs> yeah, I'll go big and go home. <laughs> so with that, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Alex, I'll, I'll take the kudos then. Okay, do you have that. some some uh, I can, trivia for us? Let me give you my thoughts on Jaws or Fest. When I yeah. first came across Jaws, it was kind of in a, a different manner. The obviously the famous scene at the end of this movie uh, when the police chief is on like the the, the mast that's slowly going down in the water and the shark's coming about to kill him. They, you know, they allude to the air tank. They showed a couple times, like, oh my God, like, what's going to happen with that? You see enough movies, you're like, well, something's going to happen. But I came across a scene on all shows, Mythbusters. They were doing movie myth busting. And as they always do in that, that TV show, they just basically try to prove, did this thing really happen? So they took this scene and reenacted it. And obviously, as we know, unfortunately, Hollywood makes things look really cool. And so when you shoot an air tank like that, it does not cause a giant shark to explode in the way that it did, which, albeit unfortunate, I appreciate the way Hollywood showed it off. And that was my first, that was like, I don't know, 10, now like 15 to 18 years ago. And that's when I first really came across Jaws. I'd heard about it during like Shark Weeks, but I'd never seen it. And then after that, I went and watched it for the first time um, and was pretty impressed and I heard the music before. I mean, everyone has heard sure. the like who hasn't come on. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to kind of finally see it all put together. Uh, so that was kind of how I was introduced to it. Like Alec, I didn't grow up with it. Knew it was a like historically bar setting movie, but hadn't seen it until like early teenage years. So good movie nonetheless. But with that being said, how many uh, Academy Awards did uh this movie one and what were they i'm gonna say one in best screenplay because <laughs> i don't know any other academy awards <laughs> um i'm gonna say three correct oh wow that was a wild that was a wild guess <laughs> um and i'm thinking i'm along with alec i could see it being screenplay but i think there's probably visual effects in there somewhere and Maybe editing is probably the other. So you got one. The other, I'm surprised that you didn't. What's this movie? I just, I gave a, a hint in my buildup to this. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. I should have known with John Williams. Yeah, that makes sense. So best sound, best, sound. best original score, mm. and best film editing. Mm. So, it was, so nom- it was nominated for four, but Spielberg got snubbed for best uh, director. Director, yeah. So not to steal any more of your thunder, but (laughs) this movie's interesting too because the editor, and I can't remember her name, and it's gonna bother me. Anyway, the editor of this movie was is wildly famous, like one of the top editors, Verna Fields. Oh, Verna Fields. So Verna Fields, one of the best known editors, period, in movie history. And when this movie came out Spielberg was young he'd only made like two movies maybe only one movie at this point like 
this movie put him on the map and people gave movie the credit for how good this movie was to Verna Fields mm. instead of Steven Spielberg. And he vowed after it, he got so pissed off because Steven Spielberg, he's well known and everybody loves him, but he's kind of a dick and that people don't talk about that, but he refused to work with Verna Fields ever again. Mm. Um, and she passed away at not long after this movie. I think it was in the 80, early eighties. She passed away. And so he was never able to come back and work with her after the fact, but when he made his own name and got past the fact that she was given credit for the, the success of this movie versus him, but he was so petty, he swore he'd never work with her again because he wanted to make sure he got credit for how good the movies were instead of her. Your nickname, she's known as Mother Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. That's, so, that's pretty hilarious. Anyway, I thought uh, that, yeah, I knew that about, because I, I think Steven Spielberg, while a JJ, my kind of a dick. My next trivia question: If you don't get this, then I'm just gonna be disappointed in your one of your core identities. Uh-oh. What was Jaws became the highest grossing film of all time until mm-hmm. what movie surpassed it? Star Wars. In 1977, Jay, if you didn't get that right, later. then I mean, you'd have been dead to your own room. Yeah, yeah, no, I have to get that one. <laughs> um, let's see here. How long was the mechanical jaws that was built for this film? How many feet? I think it was 30, right? Alec? 18. 25. 25. Massive. Oh, so that's the joke in the film where it's like 25. 25. (laughs) And so I will say, like, you know, this movie and watching this today, it really, it's somewhere there's Javier just clapping his hands. Um, in a lot of ways, it made me be impressed by Jurassic Park because this movie with the shark, I will say, like, I like the reason I'm bringing up Jurassic Park. The first one is there. And what's that? What's the phrase, JJ? It's, there's like a certain thing for physical props that like, what do they practical say? Practical effects. Practical effects. Yeah. yeah practical, the practical effects in this movie, I don't think we're nearly on par like Jurassic Park. But I think this it's one of those things that paved the way to getting to where we were for like a movie like Jurassic Park. But if this movie were to be remade today with the special effects and they probably wouldn't have the budget to make it amazing, I still think practical effects when used in the way that they are in films like this and Jurassic Park and things. And even to this day, it's just a lot better than still at times in this, the overblown CGI that we get time and time and time again. And I, I, when I watch older movies like this, I'm impressed with how well they hold up when it's been, I mean, shoot, it's almost been 50 years since this movie came out. Yeah. No, I I love hearing that because I've been a proponent of practical effects or at least a combo. I think CGI is a crutch now. Like filmmakers use it as a crutch. Well, we can just... When it affects acting. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We'll fix it in post. And I'm glad that a Jaws, because what we do is we have, we end up with the Meg, which... Well, wildly entertaining to watch Jason Statham, you know, take on a friggin' 50, 60 foot shark. It's not, it, there is no intrinsic, you know, cinematic value to a movie like The Meg. Like, you watch it because it's like, oh shit, look at the digital shark eating everyone and everything. Or, you know, The Meg 2, look at the digital giant, every, all these animals eating everything. Whereas, with Jaws, like there, and this is one of my favorite parts of Jaws is that it, it's tense, like it's uncomfortable, like the music combined with the setting, combined with 
the fact that you to Alex point, you don't see the shark really until the end. And then those camera angles of being in the water makes you uncomfortable. And it even to today, like I get a little tense when the sharks come in, in the first half of the movie to eat. I'm like, fuck, this is uncomfortable and terrifying. And I love that, but you can't, it's harder to recreate that in modern times. I think, I think because the creativity that you had to have and the practical effects and the, the fact that you couldn't do anything and everything that you want, they had to be creative and they had to go for the right things in movies. And I miss that in a lot of ways. So I love that fact that they had a 25 foot mechanical shark that saltwater ruined that worked perfectly in a test pool in Hollywood. (laughs) I tell you what I love Richard Dreyfus. Oh, he's so good. He makes this movie in so many ways um, to the point where, main guy Roy Scheider. yeah he's kind of a stick in the mud bump on a log yeah the lack for a better term I think he fits the role of Amity Sheriff pretty well sure but leading actor I wouldn't say he's got the chops for it for this film uh when Richard Dreyfus shows up as Hooper mm-hmm. oh my goodness yeah. it takes it takes the acting performance to the whole next level because yep. he, I mean, even the funny little side things he does are hilarious to the yeah. point where he, he he feels like this, uh, you know, out of touch with reality marine biologist. Yeah. Psychopath that comes in. And I love it. I yep. love every single second that he's on screen. Agreed. Yeah, he's wonderful. And I, I love uh, Quint, too. Like Robert Shaw kills it. And the fact that they didn't like each other on set. Like they actually Richard Dreyfus and, and Robert Shaw hated each other on set. So they were constantly pissing and moaning at each other. So the tension there is real, even though Dreyfus now, what you ask him, he's like, oh, we didn't hate each other. And fine, you don't hate each other, but time heals all wounds. Yeah. And the fact that Robert Shaw's, you know, passed on, but like Robert Shaw was kind of a, he's a wacko too. Like he, the guy wasn't allowed in the country and I'm probably stealing more of Matson's thunder here. Um, he had to like leave the country multiple times and go into Canada during filming because he was running from the IRS <laughs> in the States. Like he was under investigation for tax evasion. So if he stayed longer than a certain amount of time, they'd come get him. <laughs> Robert Shaw, but he's my, so to kind of counterbalance with you, Alec, like Quint, the, the back half of the film, even as good as Richard Dreyfus is, because he does carry a lot from like a charismatic perspective of this film. To me, Robert Shaw is the real star of this movie along with the shark, because that guy can twist from cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, laughing, joking, bossing people around to that serious speech where he talks about the Indianapolis that you're like, Oh shit. Like, and he wrote a chunk of that. Mm. So, Is he supposed to be like a version of Captain Ahab? <laughs> well funny that you say that because one of spielberg's thing like the guy that was supposed to direct this movie and i don't know who it was they booted his ass off because as they were meeting with him about it he uh called the sh- he said something about a whale and they're like if you can't tell the difference between a shark and a whale we don't fucking want you <laughs> so he got fired and that's how steven spielberg came to come into the movie but like they they tried to, they changed the end of the movie 
because or the book because this was originally a book they changed the end of it and the whole exploding shit that you're talking about Matson, and like that obviously they knew it wasn't real the writer of the book was like this is horse shit he was pissed and he co-wrote the movie the screenplay and he he was pissed like they got in fights with and they actually ended up canning his ass and that's why Gottlieb came in and finished writing the movie because he's like you can't that doesn't work that way it's unrealistic and people aren't stupid and Spielberg was like, no, no, no I'm going to hold their attention for two fucking hours to the point that they'll believe anything that I show them. I was like, this mm-hmm. fucking prick. It's one of the most famous lines he has when he when you hear about like when you dig into Spielberg and how much of kind of an arrogant prick he is, which good for him. He's he's a genius. But like, that's one of those famous lines where he's like, I'll get people to believe whatever I want them to believe, because that's how good I am. And the, the rest of this movie is. But he was so pissed and the way that it all ends that there's a lot of connections to captain ahab and other and then like uh oh god what's the whale fuck uh moby dick like Mm -hmm. they made some changes and writing changes to try to distance it a little bit from moby dick yeah because he definitely has captain ahab vibes and which at times i appreciate but he's like that that hard ass that has been grizzled by time and and is willing to push the limits. The wrist doesn't care about the engine, doesn't want to listen to the young guy, the educated young whippersnapper, and is there when he fails, like experience over academics any day of the week. Yeah. And he's nuts. He's absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But I like, too, like the way he dies, they change that because in the book he drowns. So in the book... Quint gets caught. He shoots a final spear into the into Jaws, and Jaws takes off, and it wraps around his leg, and he pulls out a knife to cut it, but he gets dragged under, and he drowns. They Spielberg rewrote it and changed it to where he gets eaten because it fits the narrative of the worst thing that could happen to this character based on his experience from the Indianapolis. So I was like, oh, that's brutal. And it's uncomfortable to watch him. Like It's the most brutal scene in the film because you see – all of it. It's not just like a dragged underwater leg floats to the ground. Water turns red. Like you see this man basically get eaten on camera, which is just, you're like, Oh God. And you like him so much. At least I do that. You're like, son of a bitch. Didn't want him to die. But that's, I think the cool part, and this goes back to some movies that we talked about. This isn't a shark movie. This is a movie about this group of characters that are hunting a shark, right. And are dealing with a shark. And I think, movies get away from that so much. So like the center needs to be this digital shark, or it needs to be this character that I don't actually care about. It's the humans that are dealing with this crisis that I care about. And I, you don't see that enough. And that's just good writing to me in this movie. I care about these characters as wooden as Roy Scheider is sometimes as chief. Like I still care when he's sitting on the edge shooting the, I'm like, hit the fucking canister, hit it fucker. <laughs> Cause I don't want him to die. Right. So anyway, it's just a testament to how good these. That's why I like older movies more than a lot of the newer movies because there's very little depth in most new movies these days, unfortunately. Couldn't say that again. All right, another fun fact. Yes. How long was this movie supposed to take filming-wise? How many days? And how Mm. many days did it take, actually? Supposed to take 33, took 95. I'm going to say it was supposed to take 45 because that was a typical 80s shooting 
was 45. They scheduled it for 55. Mm. It took 159 days. The budget was 4 million. It ballooned to 9 million. And they, the crew started nicknaming this movie instead of Jaws, Flaws. <laughs> well, I and, know Spielberg left before it was done filming. Oh, did he really? Yeah, it was actually on a plane while they were shooting the final scene with him in the water. <laughs> like, he got on a plane and was like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and JJ, to your point, the crew is who, who named the mechanical shark the great white turd. Oh, was it uh, the, the Spielberg crew? named it after his lawyer, Bruce? Nice. That's funny. which I can see how annoyed they probably were if they were supposed to be done like a hundred days before. <laughs> That's Jeez. a lot of, especially in the eighties, like seventies rather. That's a long filming schedule. I mean, Most. that's like more than a third of the year. Yeah. Most filming schedules back in the days were 30 to 50 to 30 to 60 most the biggest in filming. Like that's Jeez. 150 days. That's a long ass time. Damn. I'd be pissed too. But yeah. So oh man, I don't want to steal Mats and Thunder, but uh, good. I have I've exhausted the trivia that I wanted to give. Oh, well, good. Quint was originally uh auditioned and like so the reason that spielberg said yes to making this movie is robert duvall and he are good friends and duvall convinced him told him you should make this film then duvall turned around and pitched himself as quint Hmm. and quint and spielberg said you're too young at the time but i he offered him the part of the sheriff uh, that from roy scheider's character duvall turned it down because he thought it would make him too famous (laughs) I was like, uh, could you imagine in Scheider's part, Robert Duvall? That would have been dope as hell. That boat scene would have been hilarious oh. with Dreyfus doing ah, yeah. and Quinn being like, you know, chum the line. And then that's Duvall. Oh, yeah. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Could you imagine Duvall trying to be the level headed human being on the boat? No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so interesting. But that's, yeah, that's how it was supposed to go. But that's it why was, he took it. It was fun to see Dreyfus because I haven't seen him in a ton of things, but one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, close to it, is like, What About Bob? Love that movie. It's a great one. One day we should watch that. But I hadn't seen, I don't think, I really haven't seen a lot of movies, or at least ones that I can remember, except the What About Bob. And to, so to see him play something that was on like the serious end, more dramatic uh, to an extent, was and a lot younger uh, as well was interesting to see. Cause I'm just, I typecasted him into literally that one role and to see him play something else and, and to do quite well, to be honest, albeit he still had some uh, like a, a funny moment on there. I, w- I was pretty impressed with, and he clearly, there's probably some other movies I need to watch with him in it. There are a lot actually. Uh, Dreyfus is one of those guys that like, when I watch something with him in it, I'm reminded why he's one of my favorite actors period but i forget about him because he's not he doesn't do these he's never done like the big blockbuster roles for the most part now he's been in a bunch of blockbuster movies but rarely as a main entity Mm -hmm. within those films but i think he's one of the best around period um he plays a villain in something and i'm trying to think of what it was off the top of my head i'd have to look it up but i love richard dreyfus and he like Alex, to your point, he steals this. When he walks off that boat, 
God, he steals the movie from then on. Like every time he's on screen. And that's one of the funniest moments in this movie when he's on that boat and he's doing the faces because he's so pissed off at Quint. <laughs> and he's out there, he's like, not gonna take this abuse any longer. Like <laughs> just I well, love that moment. It's made even funnier knowing that he and Robert Shot dislike each other on the boat because it just adds another level that oh hey, they weren't acting. Yep. Agreed. Well, and he's another one. So Dreyfus got his part because he was recommended to Spielberg by George Lucas because George Lucas had just finished working with him on American, American Graffiti. Graffiti, which we know Alec likes. It's a good movie. Yeah, because fucking good movie, Matson. <laughs> Harrison Ford, Richard Dreyfus, baby. Come on now. Richard Dreyfus is in it for like two minutes. I don't even think he's credited in the film. No. <laughs> yeah, he's in it for nothing. But it's that's a why memorable two minutes. Sure. But that's how he got the part is that because, you know, Spielberg and Lucas are like best buddies. So, like, he made that recommendation and it worked out really well. Um, Yeah. Alec, I, I, so th- we're talking about Richard Dreyfus, and this is neither here nor there, but this is one that I should add somewhere to. And both, Matt, Alec will, would either, either love this movie, and you may have already seen it, given your film. Mm hmm background and what you like Matson. i think you would utterly despise the movie but it's called rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead have either uh, of you even heard of it no if, if it takes that long to say it's not worth watching oh dude it's great so it's it's in the background of anyway he's in it richard Dreyfus is in it for, again not for very long but it's got gary oldman and tim roth in the main characters Oh, and then Richard yes. Dreyfus is like a he's a he's a swordsman, and it so it takes place in the background of Hamlet. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are characters in Hamlet, but they're background characters. But it tells the story of Hamlet from the point of view of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It's stupid as fuck, but it I like am in tears every time I watch it. And the cast is outrageously like you, you'd go, how are they in this movie anyway? But I'll have to add it to a list. One of these Let's days. Do it, it. it is so fucking funny, but that's the other movie I think of when we think of Dreyfus. Cause he's got this long hair and he's got the weird fencing type sword. And yeah, it's great. <laughs> anyway. Good thing I get to recommend movies from here and out for me. No, you don't. I'm taking you <laughs> off the list. <laughs> well choose them or not you still don't vote on them sir (laughs) we now we 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 now have three patrons that vote on that kind of stuff but yeah i love richard dreyfus i think he's amazing but i i think and here's an interesting part for me too because this movie is almost two movies right you have the build-up in the beginning of the problem right you have it's just pure movie writing you have here's this problem we recognize that it's an issue and we have to deal with it and then the second half is on the water it's the boat and it's the fight it's just three guys and a shark in a boat and it i watch the beginning so that i can watch the end because that part on the boat to me is the more is the superior part of this movie and there's nothing i'm not saying that the first half is bad it's not it's great and the second half's not as good like if you're just to watch the second half it's not you you're like what the hell um somebody's messing with oh 
That was me. I clicked the button. Sorry. Good. We're back. So that's one of those things where this is why it's good to watch us on YouTube. You get to see weird shit like that. JJ um, was huge. I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, like I love watching because, like I said, in the boat, it, I love it. And every time I watch it, I have that stupid song stuck in my head for like weeks. <laughs> I'm running around going, tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> so anyway, I, yeah, I just really love this movie a lot, but it's also just like Richard Dreyfuss. It's a movie that I forget about a lot. Like it's not a movie that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go watch Jaws. But every time I watch it, I'm very happy that I did. So. Yeah. The first half of the film for me, I like, the more the human condition mm. right mm-hmm. part of it where you have clear clear shark attack um and then you've got the whole kind of politics that go with it and the uh you know leadership in the towns like well i can't do this you know bankrupt the town we're a summer town like we need this revenue and you have this human condition going back and forth um that really sets the stage for the boat scene yeah um where you have you know it's all hands on deck stakes are high type of a thing. Um, so that's what, that's the only thing that gets me through the, the first part of the movie is like the back and forth with the mayor character. I don't yeah. know who plays the actor plays him, but that to me is the, is the real kind of thing I have to focus on because the beach scenes kind of slog. Sure. A little with what's happening. Um, not necessarily from a, you know, pacing or a filming point, but I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah and it's it's i gotta get through the first part to go to the second part type of thing fair that's a good point like you really do hate the mayor and but i could also see like it doesn't it, it makes sense that yeah there is not too far and i mean i could see someone be like you know what we can't close the beaches <laughs> yeah i will say and you guys tell me if like i'm just being over hypercritical and i might be but one thing that does bother me about, and especially the older I get about this movie, is that there is a lot of unrealistic shit. And not just like, I'm fine with the, the shark explosion. That's a cool ending. Just spearing it or whatever. That doesn't work for me. Like, you have this much buildup. You have to do something wild. But, like, there are things where, and I think in a more realistic fashion, right? So this movie, like, had it created a huge spike in shark fishermen right like everybody wanted to go fish for shark after they watched this movie for a long time then there's like the hysterics of people going into the ocean like i when i was a kid because they were afraid of shark attacks and while shark attacks happen and they're actually becoming more prevalent nowadays than they especially were back then that but they weren't it's not like this happens all the time and there's certainly not this shark that's like like stalking a boat and that's where like this the jaws series of movies gets a little wild after this one because like there's like a whole revenge plot for jaws like it's stupid as fuck but like i do have an issue like swallowing my my the belief system of look i know the sharks are like the most efficient killing machines on the planet or one of them but they're not this malicious like while they said some true things like you can starve them keep them out of that feeding ground and they'll leave the other piece of it is it's not going to just swarm this boat because especially after it gets shot with three spears and it's had this some bitch is leaving you know (laughs) so like 
I have a hard time, but I'm also I love I think sharks are cool. My only suspension of disbelief is when it keeps it in the boat and then it destroys the back of the boat and comes on and it's like right there and then swims uh, backward with its gills underwater. Yeah, it swims backward, <laughs> but then it eats uh my forgetting his name, it eats the captain. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just I'm like, well, yeah, I guess he could rock the boat and he'd slide in his mouth. I don't know. There's a lot happening there. I'm like, well, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because it's hard because it it acts like a serious movie, but then towards the end, I mean, it does get more outlandishly like, okay, okay, okay. And they're trying to show this is like a super shark and it's fine. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I When I think about it after the fact, I'm like, yeah, but while you're watching it, it's quite entertaining. Oh, yeah. I just love the fact that Jaws is the biggest motherfucker on the ocean. He's going <laughs> to take on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like a 25-foot great white is as big as they've – there's theories that there's a 30-footer out there, but like the bigger, yeah. yeah, the, the bigger suspension of disbelief for me is that you have islanders, clear water-going yeah. sons of bitches who are like, I'm going to stick eight people in a dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> and go hunt sharks. Yeah, and go hunt a shark. <laughs> That's true. Like, that that was the biggest thing. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, you guys definitely did not grow up anywhere near water because you would have been in your in a boat your entire life and no. Yeah, that, that doesn't handle. work. That and they're packing lunch work. too. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so there is some to your point, Matt. So the way to use the correct the suspension of disbelief has to be there at parts during this movie, but I I get over it because I'm just so in intrigued by the dialogue and the characters and and the fact that the music got to mention you've already talked a little bit about but john williams good lord what a there's very could do so much with so little yeah well and here's the so i as a band nerd in high school too and so i played we and we did jaws we did like a concert was all movie music john williams is no joke dude like i that's one so we did three john williams song like pieces we did jaws we did star wars and then we did uh uh indiana jones and all three of them are brutally hard to play like they sound so simple but i'll tell you what i played to uh so i got to do the most the wah 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 it gets to the point in the middle of that song once the bon up part's gone and there's actual music the tuba part's like stupid Cause it's still going, but it's going at like max speed and it's all syncopated. And I'm like, I remember like throwing my sheet music at my director going, this is bullshit. <laughs> like I can't, nobody can play this shit in high school. Are you kidding me? It, so like, I have a weird respect beyond just how good his music is for John Williams. But like to your point, two notes creates one of the most suspenseful feelings Period, and it's one of the. It's probably top five most recognizable pieces of music in at least cinema history, if not period. So, I love it. And the real funny part is, have you guys ever seen what the opening scene is without the music? <laughs> yeah, like I love that when people are like, no, seriously, like you want music and sound and real, like give credit to sound guys and everything. Take the music part out of it. Oh, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah it's horrid it's and that's terrible true for most movies but this one yeah. really stands out. and there's a couple on the boat too because they get that that part that comes every time the 
you take it out and it's it's not good like you're just like oh boy yeah so once again props to editing <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it all right should we rate it let's, let's do it. it okay alex it's your movie i guess it's my off. movie so i get to go first yeah, i didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. i picked this movie i thought i picked meg but uh yeah no, uh, joe's jaws is always gonna be a five perfect movie um i enjoy jaws i will never say no to watching jaws um i will never go swimming in the ocean ever again after i've seen it but that's neither here or there or important um 100 of five i love this movie we'll watch again nice mattson go ahead buddy 4.5 good movie incredible i mean score i think most of the acting is top notch, but for me at times it feels a little lackluster and slow and there's really great parts of this movie, but there's parts in between with the buildup that as JJ kind of said it best, it's kind of two movies, the latter half, the second movie with the boat and everything that happens, they're phenomenal. I mean, that's, that's where you want to get to. And I feel like you've got to slave a little bit to earn the, the prize of the boat trip and the battle with the shark. And because of that, just a, getting to that point, I will always rewatch Jaws. It's great, but getting to that point always, to me, feels like a slight bit of a slog. But the payoff is so great. Yeah, I'm actually a four and a half as well on this one. And I think the scene that I think about the most is when I bounce between four and a half and five. And what would the as odd as it is, because I love those thoughtful pieces of movies where we get character development. The part where Roy Scheider, the sheriff, is sitting at the dinner table, and I'm supposed to be feeling for this man who made incorrect decisions based on political pressure. I, I don't. And even though they're trying real hard to get me to feel for him, I love the moment when his son is, you know, mimicking him and it makes him feel better. But everything that leads up to that point where he's just kind of not eating and he's, I, I, it pulls me out and I don't believe it and I don't care. So in that moment, I know they haven't done what I want them do, to do up to that point it's after that moment when we get out on the, the the boat that i'm like okay now all of the slow parts at the beginning have paid off but that part bothers me so much like i actually skip it like i hit the 10 second forward button because i want to feel something in that moment but i don't and i'm like eh, that bothers me and i don't know if that's shider's problem or if it's just the fact that to alex point we've had so much political mayhem going on that i don't your remorse means very little to me because you made some wrong decisions. Now you're going out to fight your fear of water on a boat, dealing with two cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs human beings. Now you're making up for those mistakes, but sitting there and drinking a half a bottle of wine with some water in it doesn't do anything for me. So that's the part that I reference and I go, okay, there's some flaws in this movie beyond just weird mechanical shark shit that can swim backwards without drowning itself. <laughs> um, so four and a half with me, but I will watch this movie anytime. It's still as close to perfect without getting there for me as, as you can. So love it, love it, love it. Um, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us, my friend. Happy to JJ. Uh, thank you for tuning into our review of Jaws. This is week one of go big or go home. And this movie definitely went 
big. Uh, thank you to our lovely patron, patron Return of the Ginge for voting on this one. Uh, shout out to our new patrons, Will and Richard. Thank you for your support, and we are happy to have you joining in on our monthly votes and quarterly picks. Maybe less so on those, but we're excited for it all the same. Uh, did well, you agree with our verdict on Jaws? If so, mm-hmm. let us know in the comments below and tune in next week for the next movie. Uh, with that, I'll kick it back to the Maharaja of Mash, the Mauling Monarch, Ajay Jai. So I have to, I have to enlighten you here, little Alex. So we got to say his whole name. It's his name's Will Carlson. Will Carlson. And the okay. reason you have to say it is because that's the main character in this debacle of a movie that he's making us watch. That's why. He named himself after the main character of that particular movie, which if you want to get in on us watching this movie, that's going to give nightmares and hurt souls and maybe cause real mental anguish. Oh gosh. Join our patron and you can listen. It's uh, and watch us talk about it, but yeah. Thanks. Will Carlson. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Thanks for the new people that have joined, but at the same time, the torture Richard, Rich, whatever, you're my new favorite because I hear that you're going to be just just a little bit better than than some other people. You better <laughs> knock on some wood real yeah, fucking quick. As I was saying, don't <laughs> tempt Rich because he could turn on you real quick. <laughs> he Look, won't, I, but he could. I need him. Yeah, it, it'll keep it balanced, I think. But yeah, we love our new patrons. Thank you. Come join us. There's lots to be there. Um, we're growing all around, so we love it and we appreciate it. And with that, as always, we do appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinemagic. Out.